You're listening to Mind Body Home with your host, Sarah Ann. Do you have sacred space in your home? That's what I'm talking about today. I've talked about sacred space in previous episodes, and I talk about it often because I believe it's probably one of the most important things you can do within your home because it actually creates this sort of sanctuary within your home. What comes to mind when you think of a sacred space? I think a lot of us immediately think of a church, a temple, or a place somewhere in the world, you know, that is known to be holy. Any place that brings a sense of peace can be sacred. You might find your sacred space when you're outdoors, in nature, at a park, the beach, or just working in your garden. All of those places are wonderful, and I enjoy all of those things, but you don't have to go very far to get that sense of peace. I believe that there's no better way to create that for ourselves than within our own homes. Because to me, there really is no other place more sacred than my own home. Your home is so personal to you. It knows everything about you. It's where you're free to be you. And when we create positive energetic flow in our space, and connect with our home as if it is a living entity, we are then provided with great opportunity to really remember who we are and what our true purpose is. And so today I'm going to share ways in which you can implement sacred space into your home. There are a number of ways you can do so, and therefore everyone's sacred space will look different. There's absolutely no right or wrong way to set up your space, so you can't really mess it up. In the last two episodes, I help you set mind-body-home intentions. We've cleaned and cleared and prepared our homes to welcome in new energy before the Lunar New Year, which is February 10th. And now we're building on that by creating special place in the home where we can go to experience our connection to ourselves and even more so to our home. And by going to this place often, we can then hold ourselves accountable for experiencing the manifestation of our intention. I'm certainly excited to see what you all create for yourselves. And I'm excited for myself because Since we've moved here, I haven't quite created that space yet. I have a dedicated place in my bedroom, but it's sort of bland and honestly kind of boring. So I'm going to be taking time this week to do this with you because I'm also craving a more cozy environment. I mentioned in last week's episode that my message to the universe is that I want our house right now to be temporary. and. Although I'm saying detached from any sort of timeline, because remember, timing and the how isn't our job, right? It's not what we need to concern ourselves with. But I don't want to get too comfortable here because I really want to be in a more permanent home. 
the home that is meant for us during this next phase of our journey. Now, that said, I also believe that this home that we're renting is meant for us at this particular time. You know, your relationship to home is attraction-based, meaning the home you're in is supporting you. You attracted it on some level. And you may or may not be aware of what that is, but it is providing you with something you need now or something that you need to overcome at a particular period in your life. And that actually raises something for you to reflect on. You know, if you can think back to any previous homes that you lived in over the years, or maybe you've been in your home forever, or you're still living in your childhood home, you know, whatever the situation is, it doesn't matter. But can you draw any connections or meaning to how your home has supported you at certain times in your life? You know, think about what you loved about that home or your current home and what's going really well for you. And you can also think about challenges with that home or your current home, like aggravating repairs or constant maintenance issues. Can you also pinpoint challenges you're experiencing in your personal life while being in that home? I've really found this to be a fun exercise, and it has certainly brought a lot of aha moments to me. And again, as I was talking last week about reflection, it's only in retrospect that we can connect dots and start to see patterns in our lives. So that was kind of off topic for today, but it could also be a great exercise for you to do in your newly created sacred space. And with the Lunar New Year just a few weeks away, this is also great timing to introduce a new ritual at home. Setting up sacred space is going to help you stay accountable with the intentions you set. Further, it's going to really enhance the connection between you and your home. It's going to help you honor and begin to trust your intuition. And overall, it's just a place where you can get away without having to go far, right? You don't have to leave the home. As I mentioned, I've talked about sacred space in previous episodes, and I'll link to them in the show notes. But to me, sacred space can be anywhere in the home and experienced at any time of the day. A good friend of mine uh, and a really wonderful meditation teacher, Rain Elizabeth Stickney, I've mentioned her before. Uh, The title of her podcast is Every Moment is Sacred. And it's so true. Every moment is sacred if you choose it to be. So a few examples of sacred space for me include my morning sofa and coffee time with my dog, Honey. After I drop the kids off at school, I prepare my morning latte and I sit for just a few minutes and snuggle with her. She loves it. I love it. It's such a great connection time for us. Being with a pet or an animal is such a wonderful way to bring like a mindful practice into your home or into your day. After snuggles with honey, yoga and meditation, dinner time when everyone is helping out, whether we're cooking dinner or even baking, and tucking the kids in at bedtime. That one is really special because I know that it's really probably short-lived. 
my kids are getting older. I actually have my oldest is going to be going to middle school next year, which is insane to even think about. So I'm clinging to moments like that and remembering to stay present and finding the appreciation for them in those moments. I, it's like I want to timestamp it into my memory bank. I feel that's what sacred space creates. It creates this energetic pattern into your home that can be felt and cherished and reflected back to you later in life. It makes me think of those photographs. You see a lot of them now. It's like a motion photograph. And usually it's like an interior design blog or Instagram post. And it's like a female is walking past the camera. And there's sort of like this motion pattern behind her. That's how energy works. What energetic patterns are you creating and leaving behind in your home? And I think if we bring more awareness to these joyful rituals or tiny fragments of your day, then you create a vortex of uplifting energy or chi into the home. And it, it's felt and experienced by everyone. So think about how you spend your day and where do you find those tiny moments of peace? And where do you sit and take a rest? Is there a chair where you just like to sit and think or contemplate? Or maybe if you're overstimulated or overwhelmed or maybe even frustrated, where do you tend to go in the house to sort of just get away from everyone else? Maybe it's not even inside if you love to garden or just being outside. That's sacred space for you. Maybe it's your bathroom, taking a bath, creating a spa-like environment. That can be sacred space. The point I'm trying to make is that we can have multiple areas of sacred space wherever we allow for rest and peace and quiet all throughout the home. And I highly encourage you to do that. But we can also create a sacred space that is utilized just for reflection, connection, meditation. This is intentional sacred space where you go to experience that connection to your inner self, your higher self, your guide, God, the universe, whatever word resonates with you. I prefer God. Creating this space with love and care is your offering. It's your invitation to the divine that you're looking for connection and wanting to receive guidance from it. Taking the time to create this space lovingly with adornments is going to hopefully make you want to spend more time there. And the more time you spend there, the deeper you connect and the quicker your manifestations become your reality. So we've been talking about setting our intentions, goals, aspirations for the new year and things you want to improve upon in your life. I firmly believe that we can't make those sorts of leaps and shifts alone. I believe that we want and need to be guided. And so creating a sacred space in our home allows us that connection to the sacred space within ourselves. And trust me, I know for sure, without a doubt, 
how challenging it can be to make the time to go here often, every day. There are things to do, people to see, work, chores, errands. There will always be things grabbing for our attention, keeping us away from better utilizing our time in our sacred space. And so this does take commitment. And even though I've been meditating over 10 years now, I still find it hard to commit. Some days it's difficult to sit and quiet my mind. Even those we look up to as mentors and teachers who speak and teach these practices, they too fall off the wagon at times. Like going to the gym. It's a muscle that needs worked every day in order to see the transformation. It's something that has to become an important part of your life if you really want to see the changes that you want. It's like the missing puzzle piece, right? Like the puzzle cannot be completed until you integrate this. And so this is the time. This is the time to create true inner serenity through meditation, contemplation, connection, and ultimately integration. And just as a reminder, I'm dedicating myself to this practice alongside you. A few episodes back, I shared my intentions, my mind-body-home intentions, and one of them was deep commitment. Deep commitment to my practice and utilizing all that I've already learned, all the gifts and the tools that I know will help me. And the human experience is so interesting because we tend to reject the things that we know are good for us. Like, I find that so fascinating. Why do we push away or refuse to do things that we know are good for us? And the only explanation I have is that it's just part of being human. It's the part of us that we will eventually overcome. And I think that's why we're here. So committing to a daily practice, having a sacred space, to me, these are essential. And so let's create the space for it to happen and let's make it beautiful and desirable and truly sacred. So what do I keep in my sacred space? Well, right now, as I said, it's a bit bland and boring, but I have a yoga mat, too many books, a few journals, and a few of my favorite crystals. And that's about it. I actually took inventory of my space this morning and I thought, wow, yeah, this needs some help. And, you know, realizing how I've been a little bit lax on my commitment, my practice. So it makes sense because it's like, I don't, you know, it's not a very inviting space. So what do I want to include in my sacred space? I'm looking for new floor cushion. I want something super comfortable to sit on because I want to deepen my meditation practice by sitting for longer periods of time. So having something comfortable is really going to be essential for me. I love being warm and cozy. Uh, even when I do yoga or morning or evening stretches, most days I'm usually in pajamas and a robe. Like I don't wake up and get dressed into yoga gear to do my practice. I actually love being bundled up and cozy. So I think I'm going to add an extra blanket or two. 
I'd like to add a bench or get some sort of tray or something. I just want to get some things off the floor. I have some smaller pieces like my malas and crystals. For crystals, I usually have labradorite. I think I'm saying that right. I seem to fumble with that word all the time. So I don't know. Feel free to shoot me a text or an email. Like, am I even saying that right? Uh, Apophyllite and selenite. The selenite I actually use for clearing my body. Selenite's good for clearing. I have two palm stones and they sort of look like little round bars of soap. And so I will literally rub them along my body, kind of starting at the top all the way down to sort of clear any stagnant energy. I actually uh, received that technique from my friend Rita, who's an Eden energy medicine practitioner. Um, and the Labradorite and Apophyllite stones are great for connecting with intuition or higher wisdom. They're good for clearing the third eye and the throat chakras. So I utilize those a lot. Um, I want to also bring in a plant or two. I kind of want something small and cute for my window. I have some windows right where my sacred space is. So I want to get a small little ones, but I also want to get a larger plant. Um, the plant it, for me symbolizes, you know, new growth and this new life energy into my space. And it helps bring in elements of wood and earth. And I also want to bring a salt lamp into the space. I had that in my last house and I liked having it there because it's just a gentle, warm, glowing light. Um, and speaking of warm, bringing in warm, earthy tones is going to help with grounding and support and connection. Uh, I do, as I mentioned, I have several journals because I have journals all over the place, kind of like my books. I just have too many. And so I want to clean those up and I want to get one new journal for the new year. And again, my books, I'm going to clean out my books. Having too many books is actually considered a little bit of clutter, which makes sense because sometimes I feel overwhelmed with like I'm reading all the books at all the times. Like I don't just read one book and move on. I'm usually reading 10 and I'm sort of picking stuff in and out of them. But sometimes that actually creates a little bit more of a hindrance than good. So I'm going to clean out my books and I'm going to keep one or two that have a very special meaning for me. And so that would be uh, A Course in Miracles. I've been studying that for a while now. And so I'm staying committed to my forgiveness practice. And also The Science of Mind, which is an Ernest Holmes book. Yeah, I study that one a lot as well. This book reminds me just how powerful our word and intentions are. And it helps keep me aligned with my purpose and goals. It's one I reference a lot, but again, I'm striving for a deeper commitment. And so I want to be more diligent about writing my affirmations out and, and really doing a lot of the practices from the, the teachings such as spiritual mind treatment and affirmation. And lastly, I'm sure I'll add a candle or maybe just keep some Palo Santo there. I love Palo Santo. Um, or maybe just incense. You know, what I love about incense is you can use it as your meditation timer. It's almost like when the stick is done burning, you can also be done with your meditation practice if you're ready. Diffusing essentials oils can also be used in that same way. And you can put those on a timer as well. So those are 
I'm planning to bring into my space. Feel free to take any and all of those suggestions, but other things you can add gentle instrumental music or meditation music in the background. I usually like to play some sort of music very low in the background, but other days I go for full silence. Or if it's raining outside, like it was this morning, I just like to use nature as my background noise. Depending on the time of year, you know, maybe just hearing the birds chirping outside can be a lovely backdrop to your meditation. But you can also do guided meditation where an instructor is literally talking you through your meditation, sometimes with visualization. There are so many ways to really start and absolutely no right or wrong way. I think just being open to exploring all of your options and finding what resonates with you is all you really need to do. You can add other adornments to make your space a true altar space. Having an altar space in the home was the norm in ancient times. And even in Eastern culture today, it's still pretty normal to find that. Um, you can bring in things that are most important to you, a piece of jewelry, a photograph of a loved one, um, maybe a piece of fabric that has special meaning to you, your favorite flowers, religious deities, you know, although an altar does not have to be a religious offering, it can be, doesn't have to be, um, any other crystals or gemstones that personally resonate with you. I mean, the list is endless. And so bring anything that brings you joy and love and connections. You really can't go wrong with what you bring to your space, but do make it comfortable, cozy, personal, and very intentional. Just like in design and decorating, I like to ensure that anything I create with my clients is engaging most, if not all, of their senses. You know, the feel and texture of your pillows and blankets, the background, whether it's music or nature, the scents you choose. Do you like a smoky, more holy smell versus a softer citrus or floral? When we meditate, most of the time our eyes are closed, but you can still sense the warm glow of a soft candle or lamp. A sight is also engaged when you simply walk past your space or into your space. And so Make it appealing and desirable. I mean, this is how you bring peace and a sense of sacredness to your home and out into the world. Even if you're doing it for you, imagine what you're doing for your family or your friends or your visitors, right? If you have young children like me, like I'm showing them how to take care of my space. Creating this type of energy, it really reverberates back out into the world. And I believe that it is our duty to set our own house in order. You know, imagine if we all did this, like what kind of world we could actually create together. So I hope you'll take the time to do this with me, along with the intention setting practices and New Year cleaning and clearing rituals that I talked about in the last two episodes. Go back and have a listen to them. As I mentioned Earlier, I know committing to a sacred practice or a meditation practice can be a challenge. It really can be for me some days. You know, so many are quick to give up and say they can't do it. They can't sit still. They can't turn off their thoughts. They don't have the time. 
We all have those experiences, but really try to stay out of it. And I actually want to end today with a short excerpt from the book titled Emergence by Barbara Max Hubbard. And in this book, she talks about the shift from our ego to experiencing our true essence, which is what we're talking about here. Um, we're setting up sacred spaces to connect with this essence of ourselves. And, you know, this particular book is a bit esoteric, metaphysical in a sense. For some, it might be a little too out there. But the reason I wanted to share it is because, you know, Barbara has been studying human evolution and spiritual concepts for so long and teaching and writing about them. And yet even she struggled with committing to her sacred practice. She calls it in, in her book, The Inner Sanctuary. And I found some comfort in her word and thought you might too and hope that it reminds you that you're not alone. You're not doing anything wrong. It's normal to have resistance come up, but to also encourage you to just keep at it anyway. So just for a little bit of background, Barbara's trying to get this curriculum done and get her work out into the world as it relates to human evolution and how to make the shift in a very conscious spiritual way and how it unfolded in a synchronous way after she surrendered herself to her inner sanctuary. So I'm just going to read a few blurbs from that. My dining room table was stacked with neatly piled books for every turn on the spiral of the evolutionary path, written by authors whose work had inspired me for 35 years. The room was filled with the new sphere, the collective cosmic mind, the evolutionary impulse of humanity. Yet, in spite of this rich and supportive environment, I found myself to be driven and compulsive about my work, trapped in a struggle to get the job done. Although I was urging and encouraging others to experience a positive future in their lives now, I certainly was not at peace and could find no place of rest within. I realized I had to stop my life, to make way for something new. To begin, I decided to arise before dawn and devote three hours every morning to being silent and alone, long enough to allow something new to happen. In my early morning silence, I created an inner sanctuary, a safe inner space where I felt protected, secure, empty, uninterrupted by my own demands or anyone else's. This was a place as profound as the quietest monastery or cave, a place I created within and around myself. I let there be soft music, candlelight, flowers, and above all, peace and quiet. I set aside time out of time to be in the inner sanctuary, but even at the thought of doing this, my compulsive egoic self, my local self, was prickling. I was bombarded by its loud complaint. We don't have time. We'll never get this curriculum done. My driven local self always felt behind, no matter what time I woke up and began my work. But I persisted. Every morning, I simply sat in silence, open and empty, listening to the crackling fire and the rain drumming softly on my roof. I offered my burdens and my responsibilities as sacrifices at the threshold of the inner sanctuary 
literally laying them at the entrance before I entered into my meditation. I imagined myself as a pilgrim in front of a temple, purifying myself before entering. When the compulsive local self prodded me with, you forgot to call so-and-so, or what are you going to have for lunch? I resisted, no matter how magnetic the pull. My egoic need to be working was my temptation. I let it go by. Within my inner sanctuary, I created a special writing space, a quiet time following my meditation to gain more intimate access to the wise and beloved inner voice, the essential self that had guided me all my life. This was a voice I'd heard many times, sometimes coming to me in intuitive flashes, but more often when writing in my journal. It flowed as a stream of ideas emerging from a deeper awareness than my conscious mind. Whenever I felt this flow of inspiration, I relaxed. I listened, felt joy, and received guidance from my higher self. It was a motivating presence that had been with me since my origins as a young girl living with my family in New York City. I had been raised with no religion, no metaphysics, no idea of any kind of greater existence, and so this inner voice became the agent of transformation in my life. While I had no idea of this then, I know now that all of us have this inner voice. It is the higher self, the essential self within each of us, which is each of us. And it's communicating with us all the time. Sometimes we hear it, sometimes we don't, but it never really is silent. My childhood having passed and my experience with this beloved inner voice having deepened through the years, I'd come to realize that it was a part of my life that I wanted to expand and to experience more of. So the point in me sharing is, one, just how beautiful her words are. And that's really what has inspired me to create a more beautiful inner sanctuary or sacred space for myself. And two, again, someone who I consider more spiritually advanced had to surrender and accept that creating such a space and committing to a deeper practice is the key to getting us where we want to be. When she wrote that she had to literally stop her life to do this work is incredibly overwhelming and most likely scary for most of us. I mean, it is for me. When Barbara wrote this book, she was 75, no longer raising children. You know, I am still raising a family, evolving my business, running a household. And immediately, my ego wants to jump in with, we don't have that kind of time. You're crazy. Maybe I don't have three hours in the morning like Barbara did, but I have 10, I have 15, or maybe even 30. I'm actually averaging about 20 to 30 minutes in the morning and maybe five to 10 before bed. I'm hoping that by making my space a more inviting space, that I'll be able to extend my time spent there. And I'm really excited to see what comes out of it. And so that's my challenge for you. Before the Chinese New Year, create your sacred spaces. What are you bringing to it? What are your intentions for 2024? Have you zhuzhed up your entry? Have you done your space clearing? I want to know all the details. Send me a DM or send me a picture of your sacred spaces on Instagram or Facebook, wherever you're hanging out these days. You can always email me at jsd at jadescottdesign.com. I'm excited to see what y'all come up with and even more excited to check in with you later in the year 
to see how things have shifted for you. I know I'm looking forward to working on my sacred space this week, so I'll be sure to keep you guys updated as well. And that is it. Until next week, I'm sending you so much love and gratitude. Thank you so much for listening. This episode is brought to you by Jade Scott Design. Jade Scott Design houses a collection of services, products, and content that are aimed to support mind, body, and home. If you're interested in exploring your relationship to home on a deeper level, be sure to check out our interior decorating and feng shui services, along with our home decor line, Shop Elemental. All of this and information on the Mind Body Home podcast can be found at the link in the show notes at jadescottdesign.com.